It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Here, over there, over there. That's Lisa over Murphy. Over there, over there. Well, sing no, the whole you don't song. know the song. No, sing the whole, the whole <laughs> no, thing. I'm I mean, not singing the whole song. No, I mean we've got a. I, I, one thing I know about our listeners, they're all big fans of World War One. So, uh, <laughs> if I don't know one thing, that's the one thing I know. Yeah, that's one thing I know is they're all big fans of uh, of of World War One marching songs. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so Lisa Murphy, this, this topic came up in the, uh, in, in, in your kind of call out to people for topic ideas. And we throw it on the list because what we, what we do on this show, what we've been doing for hundreds and hundreds of episodes periodically is, is trying to define and categorize and understand play a little bit better, um, in all its permutations. Before we go any further, is that a witch's broom hanging on the wall behind you? It is. It is. It's Some sort like of Harry a, Potter thing, I'm guessing? Or, oh, no. no, it's from a long time ago. Um, oh. I used to have it on my front door. Just kind of send the message, you know, before people even come in. <laughs> yeah. Does it really fly? Is there any? It are, does, but only on Wednesdays. Okay. Well, great. Uh, it just kind of seemed to be a squirrel that caught my attention. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> so heuristic play, what is it? Why should we care about it? What is it? Um, it's a type of play that um, I think everybody's probably witnessed. Um, it's, it's, it sounds really fancy. It pretty much, uh, means kids playing with everyday objects, exploring them, figuring them out. Um, kind of piggybacked a little bit on what we talked about last time. Um, you know, everyday objects versus buying something. Um, but the, the phrase, I got her name right here, so I wouldn't forget it. The phrase was coined by Eleanor Goldschmied and Sonia, Jackson, they coined the term heuristic play to explain how to provide a more structured opportunity for exploratory behavior. They wrote a book called People Under Three. People Um, Under Three. Toddlers have an urge to handle things, to gather, fill, dump, stack, knock down, select, and manipulate. Household and kitchen utensils offer this kind of activity, as every parent knows. Um, so of course my, I am always looking for the overlaps, you know, so to me, this, this dumping, filling, exploring, throwing, I'm like, ah, sounds like schema. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, those are a variety of find another way of, of saying play? something that we, I mean, heuristic and play. And, and I, I messaged you this last night, um, heuristic play to me. It, I mean, it's just object play, right? Yes. 
So yeah. heuristic play is a is a pretentious way of saying object play. I mean, here's this fancy word. I mean, it, I mean, look, I don't know who these two people are, and I haven't read the book. I'm going to look, and if I can get it onto my Kindle, then I will read it. Um, because I mean, there might be something good in there. But to me, it sounds like they wanted. To, this is back in the '80s. I looked it up, and I think it was in the '80s that they wrote this. And so, object play was a thing and around and a term that was in use before that. And so, they, it, it's just kind of one of those things that happens where something gets rebranded and repackaged. And and to me, it seems it clouds doesn't and it doesn't clarify. Mm. Um, so object play, if I'm trying to explain that kind of engagement to a parent or a new staff person who doesn't have a lot of early learning background, object play seems to be a phrase that is pretty accessible. Heuristic play sounds kind of buzzwordy and pretentious and, <laughs> and, and kind of limited, limits access. I think that's one of those phrases. And I mean, we do this, humans do this all the time. We have, we have in words, we have, uh, we, we have uh, this, this, this in language, this group language, and you either know it or you don't. And that, that's how you tell if you're a member of the club. And, and so I think this is one of those road, roadblock phrases that, that, um, kind of gets in the way of people understanding play and activity. Am I just being a dick or is there something? No, like because I kind of have the same feeling about schema. Um, you know, you, you, you look at the verbs that get cataloged and categorized under, you know, schema play theory and, you know, rolling trajectory spinning. And I'm like, okay, that's just like stuff that kids do, you know, did it somehow make those actions more tolerable or acceptable. You know, if I say to you, you know, the reason why they're doing this is because they're exploring this particular play schema right now. Does that then allow the adult to, I don't know, calm down about it? Um, realize that it's worthy in and of its own self and doesn't need to be fold spindled or mutilated into something different. Um, the, the article that I pulled up said that in, in concrete terms, children around the age of one and two like to do things with objects, fill them, manipulate them, dump them, stack them, handle them, gather them, select them, transport them, roll them, post them. I don't know what that means. And, and cover them. And I'm like, that that's, sounds a that's lot all schema stuff. like schema. <laughs> And, and, you know, I, I don't got a dog in the fight. I'm not looking to yeah. say, you know, something's worthy or not worthy. I get frustrated. Probably I'm repeating to some degree what you're saying. Like we, we keep reclassifying and saying the same stuff and we give it a different name and it, it keeps us in the same spot as opposed to allowing us to move forward. Right. So Kids like to touch stuff. They like to throw things. They like to play with things. They like to spin them. They like to cover them. They like to hide them. They like to go find them. They like to bury them. They like to do this kind of stuff. Some, I think that this allows, I don't know, maybe people to see that there's inherent value with the behavior instead of thinking that something else needs to be happening. So, I mean, to me that I think is, again, I've not read the book either. Yeah, but somebody wanted somebody wanted to talk about it, so I yeah, did a little and, very quick. And look, this is this is this is for for a lot of kids. This is one of the the first types of play because 
for young children, I mean, it's all about the sensory experience. It's, it's about picking up the wooden spoon and licking it and trying to stick it in their ear and, and licking uh, or trying to, you know, fit it in and see if it fits in. What's it feel like when I rub this up against my nostril and, oh, now there's a little bit of snot on it. I better lick that off. And, and it's, it's dropping it and it's banging it and hearing that sound. And, and, and so it's, it's a really, uh, a real sensory experience, but kids still play this way when they get a little bit older, when you give them a, a new object, they need to manipulate it and, and, just get to know it as a thing before they can actually start playing with it. Uh, the, the first stage of, of, of Johnson, Harriet Johnson's stages of block play is, is all about fiddling with the blocks. There's no really building going on. They, they, they touch them and they feel them and they haul them around and they dump them. Um, but they don't really do any stacking or organizing with them. It's just about getting to know the materials. And so before kids, you give them new loose parts, for example, and they're going to fiddle with them. And they're going to look at them. It's, it's kind of like uh, uh, watching chimpanzees play with something new in their, in their environment at the zoo. Um, and, and then they, they figure out the properties of the thing. And then they maybe will, uh, when they're older, they'll start using them for, building or using them as dramatic play play props or hey this could be the cheese sandwich or this could be batman um or whatever it is it sounded as though um with one of the articles that i looked up that it it almost in some environments might be a a a set aside time of the day where it's like we're going to set up the space now and the babies are going to have this kind of heuristic play session and wait wait, time out it's heuristic play time yeah I, I mean, and, and maybe somebody's listening that can, you know, point me in the direction and maybe I'm taking something out of context. Um, but this is where my like going to mm, my I, because now it's you know, you, you look at some of the articles and it's like click here to find the most, uh, you know, the hundred top heuristic play objects. You know, the minute it's something that looks to me like it's getting packaged in order to sell people something. I just, I guess I get antsy with, I'm like, I can open this cupboard right here and we can have a heuristic play session, which doesn't happen just from 1030 till 11, but it's kind of like what's happening all day. Yeah. Yeah. See that, that makes it sound more like somebody's trying to sell something. And, and I think something you messaged, we mentioned when we were messaging uh, Uh, last night is, is they differentiate between real objects and toys. Oh, I think that's where that whole, whole I think that's idea. where that started. Yeah. yeah. But they talks about like, yeah, because there's pictures and, and they're saying that children can be just manipulating the found in is stuff in the environment. But then you look at some of the pictures that they're having in the article and you're like, this is not the wooden spoon that was in mama's drawer. This was like, go to the catalog and buy your set of stuff that you might that you might need. And I think that's where my brain started springboarding last night, which was having just read those articles about the play therapy room and the toys that should be there. I'm like, do you really need to have pre-packaged sets of stuff in order to get to the goal that you're stating, right? If my goal is for children to explore their environment, then let them explore this environment. You know, are there things that we could add to the space? Of course, but that doesn't mean you got to go. Maybe I'm just on that buying something thing because it's almost December and everybody gets all crazy with Christmas and thinking that they got to buy stuff all the time. And, and, and I, you know, maybe, maybe that's where my brain is going right now, but, um, I don't know. And, and so, you know, a a lot of, and, and what you're saying is, is, is what I was seeing when I was looking into this last night as well. It, it's just, 
it's it it feels like there's a lot of adult imposed unnecessary structure and control, which on the show we tend to gravitate away from as much as possible. Um, and and so and and again, going back to the the term heuristic play, I think I think that language is it's a barrier barrier of entry for adults who are it's trying to understand true. what's going on. And so I think I will, I'll, I'll continue using the, the phrase object play because I think that comes with a lot less baggage than this, this appears to. Well, I think it makes it, um, it make, uh, complicates it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if what they're saying is that children reach a certain age where they are engaging in heuristic play, okay. But that same age is when they're going to start engaging in in object play and they're going to they're going to do all of these things with whatever's in the space. It's not limited to a certain special kind of material. Yeah, you're talking about the benefits, you know, and and you go through these 18 benefits of this type of play and it's not limited to this type of play, you know, <laughs> learning how to be independent and concentrating and totally engaged and creative and movement, gross motor skills, fine motor skills, critical thinking, multi-sensory understanding of the world and objects in the world, imagination, math, math concepts, understanding limits, constructing and deconstructing reality. There's freedom, um, economy, open-ended and laying the foundations for loose parts play. And I would say that that's happening or even or, if the play episode is not called heuristic or, or it's literally loose parts play is exactly what it is. <laughs> and, and how's that looking, look in a classroom, you got a room of, uh, of toddlers and you're like, okay, okay, Timmy, I need you to, I need you to get out of the sensory play box and, and come over here. Uh, uh, Kimberly, Kimberly, it's time to put down the blocks. Come over here, Jonathan. I know you're having fun with those ramps. Come over here. It's time for heuristic play time. Here's a spatula. Um, I mean, you, <laughs> you, you fucking introduce. Well, and that's how, that's when I get concerned. Like it's okay. In and of itself. Great idea. Great concept. Nothing really is untrue in this at all. It just, it makes it sound complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And well, look, in- or that there's a right or a wrong way to do it, or, or you're not seeing that all of these benefits are happening in all of the play that you just interrupted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, and, and that's to be expected because there is a there is a subculture of the early learning world that is all about packaging and repackaging and reorganizing and, and trying to make a buck. And I'm not accusing the, the people who coined this phrase as, as being that. They, they might very well be, but I, I'm not saying that they are. But that, that is out there. And I mean, we could we could list names. Um, th- there's, there's this effort to make things more complicated, more structured than they need to be, because that's how you make a buck in this profession. Uh, you, you and I could both be much more financially well off if we chose to package some of the stuff that we talk about. But sadly, the, the way we talk about things and, and, and approach things is kind of, you got to just kind of let it be um, and, and let it happen. And there's, there's, there's no package to, there, there's nothing to package. Um, and, and so that's just kind of the way it is with some people. And this, this, this phrase makes me bristle 
a little bit more, and I kind of feel the same way, like you said about about schema play. I, I think that's kind of buzzwordy, but I think there's more there's more meat there. Um, I think there might be ways to make the the different schema more accessible, and I think there might be language that might be more accessible to. Uh, to uh, parents especially than schema because that's a that's a ten dollar word that maybe we don't need to use but i think when you start looking at it looking into it um it really does reveal to a lot of people who maybe didn't take the didn't didn't have the opportunity to understand it, it gives them the opportunity to understand things uh, i mean the whole tra trajectory play thing where where we're throwing and we're watching objects and and propelling ourselves through space, uh, I, I, I've seen light bulbs come on over people's heads when when that's been discussed. Now, schema play theory that phrase in and of itself very buzzwordy, very very limiting to access. It clouds instead of clarifies. Um, but when you unpack it, there's there's some meat there. Well, and that's what I was meaning earlier yeah. about how it, it gives some credibility to what what a parent or a teacher might see as some repetitive, annoying behavior. And you're like, yeah, it might be. And let me tell you that this is actually a thing, right? That yeah. you're like, oh, well, then maybe I'll be a little bit more inclined to let it let it happen instead of thinking it's something that needs to be redirected or stopped or squished or whatever. Yeah. With, with heuristic play, I, I just I don't feel like there's as much meat there. Mm, I mean, and, and this is where, you know, I, it's like, I, I, I feel like I have to step back before I say much sure. more because, you know, I haven't read the book and I did read the article and, you know, I've been at conferences where they have tables of toys that are for, you know, for heuristic play and, and they're cute and they're pretty and, you know, but those are things that could be available all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to stick with object play. Okay. <laughs> Any final thoughts on this before we pull the plug? What would, it, 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 I don't want to put you on the spot, but all the pictures you looked at, everything, what's your favorite heuristic play object? Um, of the limited picture. Uh, it's like, yeah, kitchen, of what you've looked kitchen, at. Kitchen toys. Kitchen and stuff. They, and they put it in a little basket and then it's they put it in front of the kid and the kid can play with the stuff that's in the basket. Is it is it all stuff that looks good on Pinterest? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But we see, and I don't like that because then it, it, it goes again, back to a, what we were a, saying. That, that clouds, it doesn't clarify. It's a, And then I start to think that I have to have this or my kid isn't getting the proper experience. Like like that kid's treasure box of, 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 of stuff I bought at a catalog is somehow better than the box I gave my kid of stuff that I got at a garage sale. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of stuff, it, it becomes, I mean, it's, it's a barrier of entry, right? It's, well, it's, and and what do you call that virtue signaling, right? Yeah. It's me taking a picture of my little girl's new treasure box. Yeah. Like, okay. Hey, hey, listeners, if you think we're complete idiots and you know much more about heuristic play than we do and you want to school us up, by all means, click my contact information in the show notes and get a hold of me and we'll have you on and can talk about it because uh, we're, we're just, you know, based, basing this conversation on our, on our uh, limited understanding. But you know, there's if there's if there's more there and we're we're missing a big piece of it, let me know and we'll talk about it um, because that's what we like to do on this show. Um, 
I hope I'd love if, if, if you're into heuristic play and it's okay to have ugly heuristic play materials, I'd also like to hear about that. Let's have those conversations. This, this has been the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast. We thank you for listening. We thank you for sharing the show with anybody who might stick it in their ear holes. Back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ear holes. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds bad, but it's not. It's not. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.